Inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, I'm Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak, and I would like to extend a formal greeting to everyone out there listening to the podcast, but only if the greatest quarterback of all time <laughs> is now the quarterback oh, no. of your hometown team. Only if that. So to you all out there, if that is the case, a special warm greeting to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Ben, my boy. I wasn't welcoming you because that's not the case with you. But how are we doing, bro? Oh, my. I, like, here's the thing. I have spent, oh, how old am I, 23? Brady was drafted in, what, 99? I spent 21 years of my life yes. praying beyond belief that Tom Brady is suddenly bad at football. And for the first time ever, nothing to do with you, by the way. I want Tom Brady so badly to be good because I want to raise my children <laughs> telling them the stories of Tampa Bay great. Tampa Bay Buccaneer great. Tom Brady. Dude, it's going to be wild I want, when, uh, when, when Brady goes into the Hall of Fame as a buck. And exactly. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame as a buck. Yep. I'm going to teach. I'm going to tell my kids he never played for any other team. And I'm going to tell them that Bill Belichick was the product of just playing with 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 a great quarterback. Yeah. And then I'm going to set them loose in the middle of Boston. Uh, look, I'm going to ra- I won't let them. They won't have access to any books, this, any any search engine. Sounds perfect. I'm going to teach them exclusively that that Brady is a is a Buccaneer legend. He's the greatest quarterback to ever play. And he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that I don't even know who Bill Belichick is. And then I'm just going to set them loose on New England. I want Brady to be good so I can piss off future New Englanders in the year 2038. That's my objective. <laughs> you got more to stand I than I do. I'm just, out here, I'm just out here celebrating because, you know, the Bucks have been players in free agency before, but obviously nothing like this. So we're not going to make this entire podcast just Buck-centric. I promise you we won't. But the number one domino that, was, that we had going into free agency was Tom Brady. I mean, people could argue it was him and Drew Brees, but Drew Brees was never going to leave. And Drew Brees signed his deal uh, on Tuesday to remain in New Orleans for, I believe, two more years. And we're going to see this back and forth between him and Brady. I really do think that because from what I heard behind the scenes, even before the Brady news was announced, that Brady wants to play three more years. He wants that record of most touchdown pass of all time, most passing yards of all time, like all that stuff he wants. And right now, him and Breeze are neck and neck. So I think we're going to see those guys probably still for the next two, three years. I think Breeze is honestly going to hang it up before Brady does, and Brady's ultimately going to get the records. But this is a huge domino that fell. But outside of Brady, I think that people... They heard the analysis on Twitter, right? I think it's a great fit with Arians, even though his arm's going downhill a little bit. People don't realize... In Arian's offense, the number one prerequisite, if you will, the number one tool that you need isn't even a big arm. You have to be smart. This offense is very complex. It requires so much chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver. That's the, that's the tough part. It's not that there's all these you know heavy demands that certain NFL quarterbacks can't make. Sure, better arm talent works Uh, more effectively in any offense but with Arians there's so much chemistry option routes between what the wide receivers do in the pre and the post snap recognizing things at the line of scrimmage uh, before you hike the ball all of this is so heavily emphasized in an Arians offense and that just doesn't exist elsewhere in the NFL and for Brady when we talk about him being a fit in Tampa 
he has that above the shoulders, right? I mean, he has that assassin mentality. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And I think the offense is going to change a little bit because Brady's going to put his own spin on it. But that's why it's a great fit there. My question to you and where I want to kind of start the conversation about what we're really talking about today, where does this leave the rest of the quarterback ripple? You know, we've heard that Phillip Rivers is probably going to the Colts. Um, We've heard that Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to to the Panthers. But we also heard that there were offers in Chicago. So now, like, it's where does Cam Newton go, right? Where does Jameis Winston go? What now do we make of the rest of this quarterback carousel here in free agency? All right, here's my, so here's my thing. First, yeah, I think Cam's going to Chicago. There was talk about Chicago being interested in the trade deadline back in November, and Cam seemed open to that idea. In that, Cam was given, quote, unquote, permission to seek a trade partner, right? Where it's like, you know, the... Panthers are the ones who want to trade him. It's not like Cam wants to be traded away. Did as Cam you see them has put out that graphic matter? where it was like QB QB one always and forever or something, and it was like Cam. It, it was basically a thank you Cam graphic that they put out. Y'all, yeah. Cam is still on the what? roster. He's still there. What are you doing putting that graphic out? Why are you doing? Wait, that's like somebody. One a friend of mine on Twitter said that that's like that's like going to your own funeral. That's like literally watching your own funeral when a team does that. He's still right. on the roster. They Dude, haven't traded him. I would retweet the bananas out of that. If tomorrow the Draft Network tweeted like, yo, thank you, Ben, like draft analyst number one in our hearts forever, <laughs> I'd retweet and be like, shout out the Draft Network. Let's go, gang, gang. I would have no idea. I would not pick up at all. I think Cam, right, so so Cam's going to get to be able to look for his trade partner, right? Okay. To me, Chicago is more is better equipped to compete next year than the Chargers are. And I, 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 and, and I struggle with that because I do think that the Chargers have a better coaching staff and a better team than a lot of people realize, which is weird because you're like, oh, Phillip Rivers is going to go to the Colts and, and he's going to make them a competitor because he's a good enough quarterback. And it's like, well, then if the Chargers had a good team and they had Rivers, why weren't they competing? And it's like, well, the, the Chargers, they're cursed. Like, who knows? You know well, what I mean? But like, I like, I like the Chargers. Are, if we're being serious. Yeah. So, the, so for me, I think Newton to the Bears. I think the Bears, are, and the NFC North is good. I don't dispute that. But now there's seven teams going into the playoffs in 2020. And the Bears were a wild-card caliber team. Well, they were champion two years ago. And then they were a wild-card caliber team for stretches in, in 2019. They just really couldn't keep it together. And the problem is the quarterback. The problem is Mitchell Trubisky. There's no two ways about that. So to me, Newton in Chicago makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They, they can incorporate more running stuff. They can do some spready stuff. Uh, he doesn't have the arm he used to. He doesn't have the athleticism he used to. He's still a doggone good quarterback. So that there, which then leaves the Chargers a little bit with their pants around the ankles, right? The Chargers have Tyrod, and so it's like we can be chill there in that regard, right? So I would say, number one, you see if you can trade for Jacoby Brissett. Uh uh, is he that much better than Tyrod? If you believe he is, then it's probably worth it. The Colts have no reason to keep him around, really, as they have Rivers. It's not like Rivers is a huge candidate to need a strong backup. Rivers hasn't missed a game since literally 2006. Mm-hmm. So you're not terribly concerned about it for that reason. So I think Jacoby is a, uh, is a potential trade candidate, but besides that, it's tough to find the guy. Um, so then uh, you're, you're sitting there at six. You're in a pretty good position to take a quarterback. So you're okay with that, right? So I would still be strong for Newton. Newton's only got one year left on his deal, and he's been banged up. He by no means stops you from taking a quarterback at six. You just signed Brian Bulaga to a three-year $30 million deal, by the way, which is 
ridiculous. Yeah. Because the Lions were like, do you want $10 million for five years? And he was like, yeah. And then the Chargers were like, Brian Bulaga, significantly better football player than Holopulivati Vaita. Right. You want $10 million for only three years? But I get it. Like, he's older. But, like, the he's also good, and that kind of matters. Anyway, so your tackle situation isn't as bad as it was. Obviously, you, you should still address that, and you have 38 to do so as of right now. Or 37. 38? Um, so at six, you can take a quarterback even if you get Newton. So for me, if I'm the Chargers, I'm strong on Newton. If I don't get him, I'm just drafting a guy. And then for the Bears, I think the Bears, it, it, it's pretty clear the Bears want to bring in literally anybody who could potentially supplant Mr. Trubisky. Yeah, and right now, the best option on the market is Newton. I do think that is an interesting part of free agency is teams kind of tip their hand a little bit because we're not at the point anymore I feel like you could get away with this a lot in the early 2000s and even like in the early 2010s where GMs and head coaches could sit up there at the podiums and, and like tell you one thing like, oh, no, th- like th- this player, he's our guy, right? This is our guy. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, they've been trying to trade for a different quarterback or a different position player, whatever it is, for weeks. They just haven't been able to do it. So they have to give you the charade. You can't really do that anymore. I mean, media is way too accessible. We have way too much information on what goes on behind the scenes. And it's 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 sort of this situation where, no, it's not really a secret that Mitchell Trubisky hasn't been great. But I think all the while, the the Bears would at least say, we, we, you know, we can win with this guy. Mitch is our guy. We're picking him. He's going to be fine. We're going to get through this. We're going to compete. Dude, they're trying to bring anybody in that they can. <laughs> then I think that right. tells you loud and clear that either the Bears get a quarterback in this free agency class or they are drafting one in the first round next year. Not this year because they, they can't, but next year. I think that and we're, that's the thing we're, is, we're so, there. Right, so they also, so they, they, today they cut Leonard Floyd, first round pick out of Georgia, ninth overall in 2016, mm-hmm. and signed Robert Quinn, who Quinn had a good season in 2014, and then a good season in 2019, and in the middle did the whole I'm banged up and I'm also not very productive thing for four years. And the Bears were like, hey, do you want $70 million over five years? Do you want $30 million guaranteed? Which like isn't honestly, like in the world of edge contracts, $30 million guaranteed over five isn't that bad. And like with a player like Quinn, it makes sense to keep the guarantees low and make the total ceiling high because he's so inconsistent. You build out a lot of not likely to be earned you know, escalators and bonuses. Sure. And then if he's on the roster in 2022, it's because he's playing well, and who cares if we're paying him an extra $2 million, right? So there's that a little bit to it. But when you cut Floyd and sign Quinn, that is a very clear message that you need to get better right now. And if the Bears are in, we need to get better right now mode. To me, it's because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace probably understand they are not long for Chicago if things don't turn around quick. Mm-hmm. And you are not turning things around quick with Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback. Right. Not happening. Right. He's not good enough, consistently enough, for you to be a playoff contending quarterback. We like that that I was at that twenty eighteen playoff game against the Eagles, Nick Foles. He played really poorly for every drive but the last one. And then they lost on a Missed field goal, the double doink, and everybody blamed Cody Parkey. Brother, Mitchell Trubisky puts the ball in the end zone more than once. We ain't even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. So Trubisky's not a playoff caliber quarterback. He has a good stretch, but he's not. And so the, that Robert Quinn signing indicates to me that the Bears are going to be very interested in getting a free agent quarterback this year, even if it's just like one year of Newton as a bridge. Even if it's like one year of 
Jameis just to see what happens, right? Because, like you said, they cannot draft a, a quarterback this year. They don't have enough capital. Yeah, I and think— And they clearly want to compete right now. I, I think what happens with Jameis, because I know a lot of people were kind of asking about that, I, I think that Jameis just signs a one-year deal somewhere. And and that's that's probably going to be what is the next couple of years of his career until he can get a starting job again. He's just going to sign one-year deals because— the market's basically dried up. He wasn't in a situation where he was a favorable quarterback who could look at other options with teams. I don't. I don't know how many court, how many teams were actually looking at Jameis Winston to be a potential starter. I think the number is one. I think it was Tampa. I think it was either mm-hmm. either Brady doesn't go to Tampa and Jameis is the starter, or he's not starting somewhere in the NFL. And now we know that Brady is going to Tampa. Jameis is not going to be a starter in Week One. Well, barring any injury, obviously, but like he's not going to be the main game plan for a team for 2020. So I think that you'll see him sign a one year deal. I think Chicago's a destination. I think New England's potentially a destination. We already talked about Let's have a conversation about that. Okay. All right. I believe that across the course of my young adulthood, Mm -hmm. I have matured as an individual. Mm -hmm. I believe that when I was in high school, when I was a teenager, I was just a ratty little scum bucket. It was just a rapscallion. And and it was, you know, as arrogant of a 17-year-old boy, as arrogant 17-year-old boys are. And I believe over my last five, six years on this earth, when this podcast comes out, by the way, it'll be my birthday. Anyway, I have matured. Matured. I was going to say a joke joke there about your matureness but um since it's your birthday tomorrow i'm not gonna say it i'll let you off the hook okay just say it on thursday okay with all of that said i 1000 percent were i bill belichick the greatest nfl head coach of all time would immediately sign Jameis winston and in that i have already won six super bowls and probably have no more real championship aspirations to speak of would exclusively attempt to have a better season with Jameis than Bruce Arians did with Tom and then ask him if he remembers it every time I saw him for the rest of our living lives. See Bruce Arians in 10 years on the golf course. Hey, Bruce, you remember that one time we switched quarterbacks and you got a six-time Super Bowl champion and I got a first-round bus and then I whooped your ass in 2020? You remember that, sweetheart? That would be my only goal for the whole season. I would sign Jameis exclusively out of spite. I'm not a good person. It would be 100% to be annoying listen I'm, I'm not saying that that's not an element but i'm not saying that it's not not an element i think that this could absolutely be in play because the patriots don't really have anybody right now they have jared Siddham. jared Siddham has attempted i think four total passes so far in his nfl career now it's young i think it's his second year in the nfl last year so attempted four total passes completed two of them for 14 yards one of the other incompletions was a pick six. But, so, you know, like, this is where we're at. This is a situation that's completely, you know, unnatural to what we've seen for the Patriots over the last 20 years. They'd never been here before. It, it's it's an it's an odd situation. Um, so I, I can't I can't say for sure what the Patriots are going to do, although I do think that that's a destination for Jameis Winston. Let's get to some of the other non-quarterback moves uh, before we kind of round this out and, and we get into the mock drafts. The, the Bengals? Okay, made made one really good move, and they signed DJ Reader, and then they proceeded to give Trey Waynes a crap ton of money. Why? Why, Ben? Here's the thing. There's I, people forget this. James Bradbury and Trey Waynes are basically the same player, right? And again, like this is something that many many people have forgotten. But I'm here psych. to remind you. Trey Waynes, who has 
never been that good. And James Bradbury, who has been pretty much always that good, essentially worth the same amount of money. Welcome okay. to the NFL. Okay, at least you said Marcus so. Peters. Marcus Peters. Three years, 40 million on his contract. If memory serves, I'll mm. double check. Okay. Three years, 40 million. Marcus Peters. You know, is the most pa- three years, 42 million. You know, is the most pass breakups since 2015 in the league by like a hundred. It's Marcus Peters, isn't it? It's Marcus Peters. Yeah. 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 When he came out in 2015, nobody has made more plays on the ball. You know, who's like 912th on that list? Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes. You got to explain this to me slowly. Uh, no, like, I, I don't. With I diagrams can't, I can't. and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't get it. It's the most Cincinnati thing in the world to finally be active during free agency for the first time in my living memory. And they got a good player. They got and to make the worst decision of the day. And yeah, I like the DJ. The reader contract's pretty big, but I I think like DJ Reader's a good player, and I think he'll be valuable to them. And 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 I think that. Reader gives you what you were trying to get out of Andrew Billings, and I'm not sold that Andrew Billings wasn't getting there. By the by, Andrew Billings, a free agent, I believe right now, was an ascending player, and you maybe could have got the hometown discount, kept him for a couple more years, and continued to grow him into something. But you just kind of accelerated that timeline and got his final product in DJ Reader and congrats, Reader, and congratulations to you. It's just. It's a lot of money on readers. It's a lot of money on, on, on a nose tackle. I have to disagree with you. The Trey Waynes signing was not the most confusing signing of the day on Tuesday. The most confusing signing was absolutely, without a doubt, Jason Witten playing, deciding to play another year in the NFL after coming out of retirement just to play for the Cowboys to then sign a one-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. I, wh- why? Jason. It's the Monday Night Football connection, man. No, no, no. I... I, I hear you. I don't care. Jason Witten, like, had the career. He he played for the Cowboys the whole time. He was a Cowboys legend. He retires, rides off into the sunset, goes, ah, crap, I forgot my phone charger, turns it back around, gets back on the team, plays again. Ride, and th- this was the part where you're supposed to ride off into the sunset for real. And then, then he goes to the Raiders. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how we got here. I was, I was I was so perplexed by that. I was so taken back. I had to put my phone you down. You want to do at a least whole conversation about some of the contracts the Raiders have signed this week? Uh, can we start with the Carl Nassib one and how Carl Nassib? That's is about exactly to... right. I was going to lob Carl Nassib over the uh, over the the line view there. Carl, Nassib's... good old Carl. Go ahead. Notably. $6 million guaranteed per season, Carl Nassib. Mm-hmm. I've said this many times. If there's anybody you want to give money to, it's Carl Nassib. Of course. Be, you know what's, be, well, you know what's better than... To. You know what's better than having Max Crosby? Having Max Crosby and Carl Nassib. No, hey, listen. Carl Nassib's going to out-snap Cleland Farrell. Dude. They drafted Cleveland Farrell. They drafted four him overall. fourth overall. Yep, and Carl Nassib's going to outsnap Cleveland Farrell. He is. Farrell. Farrell Williams. Cleveland Farrell Williams is what I'm just going to call him from now on. Dude. He is. I don't. I love Mike Mayock. I liked the Corey, I liked the Corey Littleton deal. That was a good deal. Sure. They needed it. Yes. Absolutely. Gives him draft flexibility. And now like they, now, they, seven, now they don't have to draft Kenneth Murray at twelve, right? Now, 
seven million per on on Nick Kwiatkowski is not my favorite thing on the face of the planet, but I get it. Uh, Jeff Heath, Malik Collins, Jason Witten, Carl Nassib, mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota. Has anybody told them that they don't have any starting corners? Yeah. Maybe maybe they're just hoping to go all in on the cornerback class. And I like I, I like I you know I'm 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 being aggressive for fun. Trayvon Mullen's a dude, you know what I mean? Like I think that they like what they had out of him in his rookie Wait, season. I'm fine with podcast? that. Hold up, we allowed to do that now? I would never. Can you imagine? Um, Can. So yeah, but it, it, all of this just to say, the Raiders are going out once again and getting their guys, and that is great news for them. I, I guess. But <laughs> in the event that. Mike Mayock, John Gruden does not deliver you the playoffs, which no evidence to the point that they will. You're going to have a roster with a lot of players that a lot of coaches and a lot of general managers would not want at their value. And that's how you get multi-year rebuilds. It's when it takes time to strip down the old guys' mistakes. Mm. And they have a lot of money tied up in a lot of guys who I don't think other teams were vying to sign that big of contracts for those dudes. And like... A one-year deal for Jason Witten, we're all going to survive, right? But, like, three years on Carl Nassim, three years on Nick Kwiatkowski. Anybody else we didn't hit before we uh, get over to the mock draft? Phillip Rivers, one-year, $25 million, fully guaranteed. Indianapolis Colts, improvement over Jacoby Brissett, better fit for the Frank Reich offense. Frank Reich was, of course, his offensive coordinator for two years in San Diego before they moved to Los Angeles. And he, uh, right. Yeah, Reich went to Philadelphia and did something there. I can't remember. It was a Super Bowl or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's a good fit. Rivers is washed. He's not the player he once was. He's not the player he was 10 years ago. He's not the player he was three years ago. He's been exactly. on a steep decline. They, it's better than Brissett. It's, it's better scheme fit than Brissett. I'm not sure he's a good enough player to really move the needle in terms of like an actual AFC playoff push. They very well could make the playoffs with Rivers. I, I, I think... As long as they make a couple supporting moves, I would say that's probably expected. That Indianapolis roster is pretty good, and they obviously were caught with their pants around their ankles a little bit following the Andrew Luck retirement. Now they're they're reloaded. They have a franchise quarterback in place. I'm just not sure how how long term successful that's going to be. Which is why they probably have to look at a quarterback, which we're going to talk about in part two. Wow, what a transition! Well, as promised, guys. We're going to be doing a mock draft every single day after the recap podcast. So if you want to listen to that, just go to part two.